0: Don't mistake the music coming off a phonograph record Mm -hmm. for the real thing. So the phonographic record is an archive. It's a simulation of something that is living, but it is not the living thing. It is dead. Don't mistake the dead for the living.
1: You're listening to The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on Art and Technology with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 105. PH Factor. Freezing Footprints. Before we begin this conversation oh. on archiving. Right.
0: Pockley Valley Coffee. Is that a good cup of coffee? Seriously, was that a oh. good cup of coffee? Here? So good. So good.
1: And you realize I just ground the beans, right?
0: Yeah, fresh. Fresh. Fresh ground. No, there's nothing like fresh ground beans and coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. Better than napalm in the morning, that's what I say.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. That was Hockley Valley Coffee. It was. And there's a website you have to go to. HockleyValleyCoffee.com. There it is. Anyway, on with the show. All right. Archiving. Is there anything about the way we used to document things that you prefer to the way we document now?
0: Yeah. Telling stories. Indigenous communities, storytelling, which also went hand in hand with respecting elders because elders are the one to tell you the stories of their life experience and their wisdom. Mm Mm-hmm. To me, that's a preferred way of archiving. It's live, it's in the moment, it's one-to-one. It's not somebody staring at a screen looking at a video. Totally different experience. Rudolf Steiner in the 20s, who said, don't mistake the music coming off a phonograph record Mm -mm. for the real thing. So the phonographic record is an archive. It's a simulation of something that is living, but it is not the living thing. It is dead. Don't mistake the dead for the living
1: moment of silence (laughs) because that's reverence (laughs) there you go okay that phrase will be the focus
0: yeah okay
1: of the podcast that's good don't
0: mistake the dead for the living right so
1: we shouldn't get lost in all the technology as wonderful as it is to be able to record and have videos and do things infinitely easier than it used to be there's still tremendous value in-the-moment, direct, face-to-face, human contact.
0: Yeah, we're existentially afraid of death most of the time, Mm -hmm. and yet we engage in archiving and technologies which are really corpses. We're hanging out with corpses. Now that's just a little bit macabre, don't you think? Even though we're afraid of our own death. Mm. So there's some kind of contradiction going on there. We're just not aware that they're corpses.
1: So why do you refer to technologies as corpses? Or what the technologies produce? Is that what you're referring to as corpses?
0: Yeah, yeah. The recording itself is a corpse. The music is such high fidelity that we feel like we're listening to the real thing. And we fool ourselves into thinking we're listening to the real thing. But we're not. We archive things because we don't trust our memories.
1: Hmm. You think that's why the, we do it? Because the example we don't trust of our memories?
0: Yeah, the example of you going to Italy and seeing this old man who remembered you from 48 years ago mm-hmm. is extraordinary. Because back then, there were no video cameras, internet, nothing was recorded in that way. That's and true. this fellow has a memory. By the way, the town is called Vibo Marina in Calabria. That he uses, and it, and it works really well. And our memories now have probably decayed because of all of the archiving that goes on. We don't remember as much as we would otherwise because we've got all these other tools. We have (laughs) memorynesia. We've forgotten our memory. To exercise that faculty, because it's a faculty, remembering is a faculty, Mm -hmm. it's it's an art. It's a mental exercise. Yeah, it's a skill. Good point. Yeah, so I think that's an important point to make about this urgency to archive things. It's a kind of a statement against death and dying, a piece of us we feel somehow lives on in the archive, in the photograph, in the tape, in the whatever, Mm -hmm. so that when we die, we know that there are these bits of us out in the universe still kind of affecting people in some way, shape or form.
1: So there's a huge psychological factor as well.
0: It's in there, absolutely. Legacy is a big word for people getting old, Mm -hmm. leaving uh, memoirs and that sort of thing for their children and their grandchildren. Whereas once upon a time, it would be the stories that they shared that people would remember as they grew up and granddad died. Mm -hmm. But what about the larger institutional types of history keeping? Library of Congress, for example, or these national and international. I think there are exceptions to every rule and libraries are an exception. The library at Alexandria was burned down. Mm. And by the way, it was in 48 BC that Julius Caesar's troops accidentally burned down this beautiful library. Sad, very sad. But it was one of the greatest, if not the greatest and largest library in the entire world of its day. Mm -hmm. And imagine if those texts carried on. We'd have a deeper insight into those ancient worlds than we do now. Mm -hmm. So libraries as repositories of memory, of books, etc., are okay. They're a good thing.
1: Do you think art
0: fits into that category as well? Yes and no. I mean, 99% of what passes for art shouldn't survive beyond (laughs) the last Mm brushstroke on the painting. It's not worthy, really, and shouldn't be held up and archived and passed forward through generations because it's just another piece of poorly created work, right? So,
1: Do you yeah. think archiving, though, is an adult thing? Do you think children… Arch-
0: children don't tend to archive, do they? Right. They don't say, you know, let's play the game exactly the same way we played it last time. Mm-hmm. They'll say, let's make up some new rules. Let's do something else, right? They don't really care so much because they're in the moment, And they're enjoying themselves. So
1: the desire to archive seems to increase with age.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, because we're so past focused that when you look back and if there's nothing archived, you have to, as I say, rely on your memory. And because it's not very good anymore, we feel like we've lost something. We're losing our lives as we get older. Stuff is being swallowed up by history. Mm -hmm. and having the photograph of 20 years ago sort of kind of says to us it's still there hasn't gone away history is still there this is you you've actually lived this life and now you're here but you were there it situates us in time in a certain way that kind of soothes us it comforts us
1: do you think the focus is increased or decreased on the past emphasis on the past
0: Well, it it increases as the future rushes at us, thanks to technology, etc. The past becomes a refuge to get away from all the information that's coming at us in the now. We shovel that aside and we go to YouTube and we look at a video from the 1930s or 1905 San Francisco after the fire. Oops, not quite. The San Francisco fire happened on April 18, 1906, to be exact a ride down Main Street or something. And we find ourselves fascinated by the past. And we kind of pine for it in a way too.
1: But do you think it's an actual pining or do you think it's just taking advantage of the technologies?
0: Well, it's both. I mean, because the technology is there, we're able to find these things and get lost in them and shove out a lot of the other stuff that's coming at us. And don't listen to the news, watch a video of 1950 Cary Grant and May West or whoever.
1: Do you find yourself going more to the past?
0: Not any more than I have. So, technology it's, it's... hasn't
1: really changed that part of you?
0: Uh... It's hard for me to talk about myself because I'm such a weirdo and I'm not in the past. I'm not in the future. Mm -hmm. I'm rarely in the present. I'm fairly fluid in the way I move and think and operate. I might jump to a thousand years ago and then Mm -hmm. think about what could be 500 years from now or three years. Or project
1: 500 from now, yeah.
0: Yeah, you know what I mean? So I'm not a good example. What about you? What's your relationship to archiving in the past? I think a lot of it's association.
1: It brings back memories, Sometimes I seek things, music, books.
0: A lot of it's just memory recall. It's almost like a mnemonic. Mnemonic. Is it M-N-E? Yeah. Just like uh, forklift it's a mnemonic that I use to remember which way the fork goes right. on the table. goes on the left. Forklift. So that's a mnemonic. Exactly. Okay. All right. So these are tools to enhance memory, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Which is right in line with the archiving that we're talking about. Yeah, or not archiving. But using memory devices to recall things, not relying on an image or an outside image, but an internal Mm -hmm. mechanism.
1: Well, using ourselves rather than devices.
0: Right. And I would argue that this association with the past probably results in a direct dopamine hit to the brain. Mm Mm-hmm we derive actual pleasure, pleasure out of going oh yes i remember that wasn't that a fun day there's pleasure in that the chemistry is giving us mm-hmm. pleasing feelings isn't it yes you know whereas thinking about the future can be anxiety making as a matter of fact so the, we, unknown. the natural tendency is to fall back to the pleasure principle and go to these things that aren't going to change in front of us because That's they've right. already happened Right? And we associate good feelings with these memories. Predictable. And it gives us a nice little hit of dopamine, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Well, like you say, comfort and pleasure.
1: Exactly. So that's the association. A lot of things we're drawn to naturally. It doesn't have to have
0: these profound reasons. Right. We're the, seeking comfort and pleasure. But the downside of that comfort and pleasure is that we tend to not be in the present. Mm-hmm. So We're always dragging the past into the present.
1: Yes, there are negative aspects you know, of that for sure.
0: And then we retread the old ground and then archive that again. Mm-hmm. And now that's history, right? It it's, kind of contradicts
1: it, the whole living in a moment well, idea. Sure,
0: of course. So uh, the whole idea of meditation is to clear the history out, to clear old thoughts and repeating thought patterns out, and to kind of be in that openness in the moment. Box, box.
2: In the old days when they took pictures of you way, way back, you know, where they pulled that thing and exploded and stuff. <laughs> I got a picture of my great grandfather, the thing took six hours to uh, take your picture, and uh, uh, it was a picture of my great grandfather. One they only had, every guy had one picture back then, <laughs> and it's just him like, <laughs> I gotta get back, feed them hugs. Who's going to feed the hogs? (laughs) Somebody got to feed them hogs. Now, (laughs) in the future, of course, it'll be different. 50 years from now, people will be going like, hey, you want to see 100,000 pictures of my great grandfather? (laughs) I got him right here. Plus, everything he did every day of his life.
0: Box box. So all this information is archived every day in thousands and thousands of places. And archiving is data collection. Yeah, we're living in a data collection kaleidoscope. Everywhere we go, data is being collected. We're collecting data right now to go into this podcast, to go out to you guys in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. We're doing it too. We're part of this whole process. So what would be a revolution in archiving is that, I don't know, no more cell phones allowed at events so that no more photos are taken of, of mm-hmm. the event. You just go in. No more and, a- audio recorders. Yeah, none of that stuff allowed. Yeah, right. Good luck enforcing that. Because right mm-hmm. now, anywhere you go in the world, anything you do, there's a cell phone potentially pointed at you recording. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, anywhere. Pervasive. I don't know anywhere where cell phones are strictly forbidden. Anything else that you'd want to say about archives, the impulse to archive?
1: As I mentioned before, the older I get, the greater the impulse. And I think it's uh, the sense of time is running out and I want to leave something.
0: Right, right.
1: Whereas in my youth, first of all, I didn't think about half the things I think about now.
0: But why is it important for you
1: to leave something? It gives me a sense of connection Possibly also, though, in my case, I would have to say that the technology has been a big part of that because there are things that it allows me to do that I would not have undertaken years ago simply because of the ease.
0: Yeah, but ease is one thing. The impulse to do it. Why the impulse to do it?
1: The impulse is in part due to the availability of tools to actually make it happen because it gives me some sense of control. I can actually take material and shape it
0: okay but why the impulse to take material and shape it just because the technology is there it needs the impulse because in many ways it's a
1: lifetime dream so to speak as a kid growing up i loved documentary programs i loved listening to historical pieces i loved when i could sit in a half an hour an hour and gain all that insight into things and now I have the ability to do the same.
0: Okay, but assume for a second that the reason you liked all that stuff as a kid is because it gave you a nice dopamine hit. Assume for a moment that it's just Mm -hmm. chemistry in the brain that puts you in a good mood and therefore you go there all the time and that that's what's behind the impulse to leave a legacy.
1: Yeah, in my case that's probably true because I always did associate a certain pleasure in being able to organize information.
0: Right. So the pleasure principle seems to stand behind this urge in a big way. Ah, and you just made me think of something. It's not
1: just personal pleasure, it's the ability to give pleasure to others. So when I looked at these things a lot of the times when I was younger, I'd say, oh, this I really liked, this I didn't, why? The narrator was really good. The information was really well organized. It gave me pleasure because. It's no different than someone cooking a nice meal or writing a nice song.
0: The whole impulse to archive prevents something from happening, which is a good thing. If I archive a story that happened to me, Mm. photographs, maybe an audio recording, what have you, there's no way that that story can evolve in the retelling down the line. So it's carved in its archived stone, right? It's a dead thing at a certain point. It really is. Once it's archived, it's dead. Mm-hmm. It doesn't evolve. doesn't change. There's no embellishments, really, because it's there. You can always check that and go, oh, no, no, no. What you're saying now doesn't jive with that archive, which is a shame because that's part of the joy of being human is to evolve the stories and change them a bit as you go and bring in surprises that maybe weren't there. Maybe make something up that wasn't there in the archive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: well, there's something else too that just came to my mind as you were speaking, and that is my own desire, for example, once my parents passed, there was an added interest in knowing more about their lives. Yeah, So, even though I know it's a temporary thing, and once you've done it, you've done it, there was still a desire to seek something out. And also, when I have that experience, it's, I guess, something that I would like to give to someone else.
0: Yeah, I understand that completely. In fact, somewhere around 35 years ago, I interviewed my mother and stepfather about their experiences in the camps during the war. My mother was in Auschwitz. Mm -hmm. My stepfather was in Majdanek, a work camp. And I created an audio cassette tape at the time that sat in my drawer for all of these years. And finally, I decided I wanted to digitize that. And with your help, thank you very much, mm. I did that. And then I got in contact with an organization in Israel called Vad Yashem. Someone got dyslexic. It's actually Yad Vashem, not Vad Yashem. And they're at the Holocaust Remembrance Museum, World Museum. And I thought maybe they'd be interested in this. Mm -hmm. So I contacted them, and sure enough, they got back to me and said, yes, we're very interested. Send us the file, which I did. And so that has been archived in that museum for perpetuity. Mm -hmm. And I'm sending also the documents that I have of my parents from the camps, also the original documents that they will archive and take care of in the museum. Mm -hmm. So, But that's a form of archiving to not forget something. The whole point of the Holocaust remembrance thing is for it to never happen again. And for it to never happen again, we mustn't forget that it did happen. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the impulse to archive as well.
1: And for me, a lot of the archiving is also part of what I do. It's not even just from my own personal use. I've done it for so many people over the years. I also enjoy it because it imparts pleasure on other people. And I've seen it even, for example, doing people's life stories or someone passes away and people want to have something for themselves and their friends, but they don't have the organizational skills or they don't have the tools Mm -hmm. to put it together or somehow it needs to be fixed up a little bit to present. It's like when we were talking about music where you're taking an old vinyl disc from the 20s or the 30s and suddenly it's audible. Yeah, right Personally, a lot of the archiving thing comes with that It's not just the thing itself, but the ability to actually shape it
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing at all To improve the graininess of of a piece of film from 1905 So Mm -hmm. we can see more clearly the street in San Francisco As the horse and carriage clop down the main street Mm -hmm. That's not a bad thing, in a way If it gives us more clarity on the past Everything we do is temporary Every pleasure is temporary. Well, even the archive materials are temporary. Yeah, exactly. You know, that piece of film at some point in the future will not be useful anymore, mm. or it'll break down further. Or, and it's not or, necessarily
1: relevant to the world. It may be relevant only to one individual or one particular
0: group. And in fact, and in any case, <laughs> when the technological empire dissolves, mm. all of this digitized archive will dissolve with it. We may be forced back into Fahrenheit 451. Mm, the classic by Ray Bradbury. And have to talk to each other and share our stories and then remember them and share them to the next generation that we may have to re find our memory all over again. Re-find it.
1: My favorite times when I think back as a Boy Scout or whatever was sitting around a campfire. Yeah, telling stories. Telling
0: stories. Certain archived moments are critical. The Gettysburg Address and how important that has been to people in the United States, Lincoln's Mm -hmm. Gettysburg Address. So there are moments in history, images of Adolf Hitler doing his speeches at Nuremberg, at the rallies, and how compelling that is. Lillian Riefenstahl's uh, Triumph of the Will, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it kind of shows us much of what it was like to live then. And that's of value as long as we take that and do something with it.
1: Right. And that's a good point because I know myself, even when talking to friends or associates or even family members, Yeah, I like to study the past and I like to be entertained by it, learn from it, but I don't like to be obsessed by it. I'm not one of those people that says, oh, those were the good old days. I'd like to go back to that. Not necessarily. Those were
0: the days, my friend, I thought they'd never end. Oh God, he's singing. Run for the hills. I love having a couple of
1: laughs. I love going back to recall certain things, but I don't like to live there.
0: Yeah. It's not something we can change if we want to change it anyway, because people are now in archive mode big time. As I said, you can't go anywhere without there being a cell phone recording something. Mm -hmm. Which begs the question of privacy. If we archive everything all the time, where is there privacy? Where is there a moment where you're not potentially being watched or listened to or recorded in some fashion. There is also that gray area there. Well, it's not
1: only a gray area. There's a difference between voluntarily collecting something at a family event or a family picnic where everyone knows it's being recorded and is in agreement, and you being picked up by someone when you're not even aware that it's being recorded.
0: But that's the assumption now. The people who are recording feel every right to whip out their cell phone and mm-hmm. record it, whether it's a beating in the street and mm-hmm. they're just standing there uselessly holding their camera up, recording this poor soul being beaten to death, mm-hmm. or wherever people feel free to archive everything—no mm-hmm. constraints, no restraints. So there's positive and negative to these yes, things, there is. right? So, and this, of course, as I said before, this is an archive going out to you guys. Ciao, Harry. Ciao.
1: The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on art and technology is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at thesillpodcast.com